Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting, hardly millennial podcast where we are young, dumb, and full of... Opinions. Opinions, ladies and gentlemen. Now, if you're curious about whose voice that is, that is not Matthew's voice as you're used to. Today we have a treat for you. Today we have another fellow hardly millennial having this conversation today named... Justin Lunsford. Justin Lunsford, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to be joining me on the podcast today. And as always, my name is Adam. I don't see that changing anytime soon, but, you know, I'm going to let you know. And uh, so today we have a very interesting topic for you guys. Um, It is the topic of love and marriage and our opinions on such. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. So let's get started, Justin. What are your opinions on love and marriage? First, I want to say that I am so very, very excited to be on today. (gasps) I've been looking forward to this since it started and I finally get my my chance to be part of it, and I'm super happy. So thanks for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you, Justin. So uh, I think if we're going to talk about love and marriage, mm-hmm. uh, we need to first understand that they're two very different things. Yes. Um, so my opinions on love in general are going to be very different than my opinions on marriage. But I feel, are we going to really focus on marriage? You want to kind of go there first? Just start with what you want to talk about, and we'll go from there. Well... Marriage, I mean, there's three pillars of a good relationship in general. They are commitment, intimacy, and passion. Mm -hmm. So I feel like marriage is really that commitment aspect of it. So marriage is great if you have the other two pillars, but without the the, uh, passion... And the intimacy, I don't see there being a lot in a marriage. Right. I feel there. So how do you feel about getting married in general? I mean, you're 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 somebody who's taken. Yes. So does does marriage matter to you about getting married to your boyfriend or Um yes and no. Uh before I met him, I absolutely thought marriage was out of the question just because I had so much I wanted to do and in my mind I didn't really see a person standing there next to me. Mm -hmm. So it's not that I was opposed to it. It just didn't seem like a priority in order for me to continue doing what I want to do. So, but with with that being said, um, I would be excited to marry him because there are a lot of things I want to do now um, in addition to the things I wanted to do when I was alone. Now I'm picking things to do that do include another person. Um, as far as it being called marriage or reaping the benefits of marriage, I'd really only go through with it if it was a super fun way to ask, like we're on vacation doing something really exciting and I'm just on this high uh-huh. and I pop the question because I can't imagine anything else. Other than that, I mean, maybe to make sure he can stay with me if I move or uh, really if we just the tax break would be that great. So you so you look at marriage as almost a tool. Yeah. So like to enhance. Right. So if it has to happen in order to just, as you said, move someplace or to reap some tax benefits, that's when you would look at marriage as kind of a like an, an option. 
If my life would be better if I got married, I would get married. But I don't think I need to get married to make Mm -hmm. my life better. Does that make sense? Right. And I think that's an issue that a lot of people have. I mean, this isn't even just a generational thing. Is that I feel you have a lot of people who... Uh, I mean, your situation is a little different because you're gay, so you're both men. So mm-hmm. you know, you you both are going to think like men more. I so resent on that. that. Subject. Good, you should. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, but whereas I feel like, at least from my experiences with women, and just talking to women, it always seems like marriage is a deal breaker, right? So if they they're looking for somebody to marry. And if they find somebody, but that person isn't into the whole marriage thing, but they could still love them, you know, to death, it's a deal breaker to them to where they don't want to get into it. You know, they don't want to even consider the relationship if they know marriage isn't somewhere down the line, which I think is wrong. But as a straight man, those are also kind of constituencies you have to keep in mind when you get into a relationship. Absolutely. I mean, this may sound cliche, but it, it really is all about communication because with communication comes honesty usually. Right. And when you first meet somebody, deal breakers are okay. Deal breakers are okay as long as you are upfront about that from the very beginning. So right. if a, you meet a woman and and you say, you know, I don't know how I feel about marriage. And she goes, oh, it's, you know, not that important. You know, as long as you love the person or as long as you trust each other, as right. long as you communicate. But then later on down the line, it ends up really being an issue, whether it's peer pressure because other friends are getting engaged and such. Right. So, but I mean, if this person said, you know, no, it's really important to me, who knows? Maybe the one who didn't want to get married would say, well, you're important enough where I'd consider it. Right. But if you're not honest from the very beginning, you know, so really it's honesty and communication is the problem, not marriage per se. Um, but does that make sense? No, I mean, that, that, that makes perfect sense. I, I'm not, trust me, I'm the last person who understands how women's minds think. But I just, that's like one of the things that I always feel is sad these days with marriage. And like I said, I don't think this is a generational thing. I think this is just a difference between men and women. You know, I I mean, I remember my parents telling me a story about when they got married. And, you know, my mom was talking about how she was all flustered and everything before her wedding. And my dad took a nap, you know, before they got, you know, before their wedding day. Sounds right. Or on their wedding day, I should say. And so... I don't know. I just I, I think it's sad that those end up being deal breakers. I think, you know, love if you truly love somebody, you should conquer, you know, that should conquer all as cliche as it is. But I don't know. I just I think that's bothersome that the people really put that much stake in something as such as a piece of paper. I agree with you. I It's sad, but it's not wrong. It's not wrong. You no, know, it's sad, but it's not wrong. Um, but I agree with you. I think that I mean, I mean, women could make the argument on the other side, I guess that, you know, well, if you really love me, why not, you know, marry me at that point. Right. I just don't think that should be the goal. You, the goal should be to find somebody you love, not find somebody to marry. Oh, a hundred percent. You shouldn't actually want to get married or think about getting married until you found somebody that you love. Mm -hmm. Like nothing should make you want to do that if you've never been in love before. Do you think love should be work? Um, well, everything can be work as long as the rewards are obvious. Okay. So my relationship was not a whole lot of 
real work uh-huh. at first. Um, because you're just in this place where everything's so great. So the the cost-benefit analysis is a no-brainer. Right. You feel like you do so little and you get so much joy. It's not until later when you realize, you know, once you're, especially once you're committed, that, you know, now you have to, it's kind of your job to get over things that bother you. Right. And to communicate. And if you're not a big communicator, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But I think it's more important to learn how to communicate than take yourself out of a situation where you have to communicate. So, yeah, because you should always be getting better if you're with somebody. No, I mean, I, I agree that you should always be getting better. But I, I don't know. The, the way I've always looked at it is, I, I don't know, maybe it's just the way that other people define it bother me more so. But like every single time I hear the term of, oh, well, love is work or marriage is work. And I just always look at it's like I just feel like it shouldn't be. You know, if you find somebody that you really love and that person really loves you, but you guys find that you guys really are both having to try to make the relationship work or let's say that it did work at first. Right. So let's say it it was a great relationship for a year and then you go for the next, you know, four years fighting all the time or having issues all the time, whatever it is. And I feel like then there's this, this mantra that you'll hear from both those people in the relationship where it's, well, love relationships take work. Love takes work. Well, does it really though? Should it? Well, it should be organic. You should naturally want to do the work. Okay. Okay. So cost benefit analysis, something has to be so great. There has to be something so beautiful attached to this bond between two people that it needs to be worth the work. Mm-hmm. Cause then it's not really as much like work, you know, um, what's the best way to put this? Say, so, so it's the difference between like going to a job you hate or going to a job absolutely. and like something that you like to do. Uh, it's, it's still work. It's just a different kind of work. My significant other has, you know, well, we all have issues, but he has issues where he'll get really worked up over something or, um, and it will really just ruin his day. You right. know, it, he can't help it. He knows about it. It bothers him. He's working mm-hmm. on it, always does, but it just ruins his day. Right. Okay. It's not an easy thing to deal with, but I easily decide to do it. Right. You know, because it's worth it. Because if it wasn't worth it in a healthy situation, you wouldn't do it. You know, I don't have self-worth issues or anything like that. So it's right. not like I'm going to do something I don't want to do when it's not worth it to me. Right. So do you think there will ever be a point that that work may become too much? Of course. Of course. And everyone has their own threshold. To some people, it's physical, right? As long as they're so incredibly physically attracted to you, you blow their mind, you'll do anything that they want, and it doesn't bother you. Right. Okay? Um, So I'm very attracted to forward-moving progress. That sounds weird. It sounds like it's really self-righteous. Um, but I am really interested in people who are continuing to move forward all the time Mm because I struggle with that. I get content 
and then it's not until something bad happens that lets me know you got to be ready for you know for anything that makes you want to be better right so with this person that i'm with now if i ever see backwards progress that'll make it to where the work is too much right why would i do more if you're going backwards so as long as the other person is constantly trying to better themselves and move forward especially on an issue that you're working on like say his emotional issues you know um i'm very physically attracted to him if Mm -hmm. he let himself get extremely overweight and it wasn't a medical condition it was laziness well that's unattractive right you know it's backwards moving motion but he's very adamant about making himself better physically mentally everything and that is very very attractive the drive is attractive to me Gotcha. See, so if it ever moved backwards, it's then it's too much. I have to worry about making that for a lack of progress, and then also, you know, enrichment, making our lives better. Right. So yeah, at some point it does, and I think everyone has their breaking point. Interesting. So I read a. So I was, we so we decided on this topic yesterday, and between then and today, I was doing. I was looking up just some articles in regards to millennials in marriage and a couple interesting things i found was and i and i think you've probably have heard these before but less of us are getting married less of us trust marriage yes of Um, course and the ones that are getting married well i believe the average age for uh married for a man and woman to get married back in like the 1960s was i think men it was 23 and women uh-huh. it was 21. Okay. Whereas right now, men, it's 30 and women, it's 28. Okay. And it was, it, it was just an, it was just an interesting in, uh, insight into it because I believe they were also saying that they think part of this is because, well, one, just the, the type of financial, the economic stuff that we have to deal Absolutely. with these day and age. Yeah. They were also talking about how anxiety and depression play part in that also. Whereas the older generations kind of had this mentality of, well, you just jump into it and then you figure it out from there. Whereas we're really calculated, right? Everything right. everything has to fit into the puzzle piece that we want or into the puzzle that we want before we actually go out and get married. Do you think we should just jump into it? And not marriage per se, but just jump into situations like that and see how it turns out? Or do you think it's healthy to be calculated about it? As long as you are with somebody that compliments you, Uh either way works. I mean, I'm not a risk taker. I'm very timid when it comes to a decision that's a big decision. So I know that I could never be with somebody that was a risk taker like that. It would give me tremendous anxiety and then naturally it would no longer be worth the work right right uh i i'd associate them with stress so i don't think either one is wrong because i don't care if you get a divorce i don't care if you get married and it didn't work out in four months you get a divorce if you're okay with it i mean who am i to tell you what to do i don't care right so but i mean as long as you're continuing to be with risk takers (laughs) Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how I feel. I mean, and as far as um, why people don't get married or take so long to get married, I think it has everything to do with just expectation in general. We don't care what's expected of us anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's no 
you know, end date as to when it has to happen. A woman who was single, who was older, we called her a spinster, and it was negative. Right. Back then. Um, now, we call them independent. Right. We call them... Empowered. Empowered. You yeah. know, whether it's BS or the actual very empowered person who really does not, you know, need no man. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I... I don't think it's an unhealthy evolution, and I don't think it's necessarily a healthy evolution. Everything's changing. The, I mean, the temperature of the earth is changing. That could be affecting all of us, you know? Right. So it's just change. Hmm. Okay. So do you think that because I'm, a, well, I'm kind of on the fence about this issue myself, but I almost – well – you you should be allowed to get a divorce if you want to get a divorce, but I don't know. I, I think divorces are just dumb. It's like I feel like it should be harder to get a divorce than people wouldn't rush into marriages. I know so many people have gone married at a young age or multiple times at a young age, and then they give you know they're married for three times and they just keep constantly having marriages. I mean, I have a I have a family member who. Uh, uh, not too long ago invited me to go to a wedding and it was just kind of this like well why it's your fourth wedding <laughs> you know so like i just like what's the point of constantly getting married if you've already been married like two or three times okay you know, i don't think you should just be able to do that i think if you tried marriage twice and the state is able to see that you tried marriage twice i don't know i just not saying that it shouldn't be allowed i just don't think it should. I don't know. Like I said, it's it's a gray area. Just a random subject I thought I'd bring up. Um, if you don't care about what other people think, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah, you know, that's like true. why Freedom. really? <laughs> why do you care if this person's getting married? Is it because you don't want to go to their wedding? No, no, no. It has nothing to do with that. It it just has to do with. I mean, I. I don't want to say ruins the sanctity of marriage because that makes me, you know, sound like an old fart. But it's just like, I don't know. I have a lot of issue with people who hold marriage really strongly to them when we exist in a world when it's so easy to say, I'm done with this marriage. I'm going to go do you know something relatively easy, right? If you mm-hmm. don't have if you don't have kids, usually it ends up being a relatively easy process. But I don't know. There's I, I have a lot of issues with marriage in, in those ways. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't think anyone should call it quits on a marriage so fast. Uh-huh. I definitely think that. Um, when... Well, and that and that kind of goes with what I was what I was saying earlier because I agree with you. If you're if you're going to go through the commitment of getting married, absolutely, you should work on that marriage. But now the question is, how long do you work on that marriage? Before you decide you want to say quits because you would talk to the older generations and they would argue that you never call it quits. You constantly work on it. Even if you're arguing with each other every single second of every single day for the next 30 years, you do, you stay with that person because that is the person you chose. So, and I think that's what marriage does. And that's the reason why I have issues with it because it backs you into a corner. The, the answer to that question though, with, it's very subjective. There's no objective way to think about it because you should really, you should stay in the marriage until it's completely evident that there's no way to fix your issue. Okay. But I mean, I don't like 
throwing a, a learning curve into the issue, but depending on your level of intelligence, right, um, it's going to become clearer to you at an earlier time. Right. You can't say, you know, dumb people shouldn't get married. Right. Well, yeah, saying. of course. So I think that's what it really comes down to is at what point are these irreparable? Because that's when you file for divorce, um, you have to check off why. Fraud, I know, is on there. Do you really? Yeah. You can't just say, I, I want a divorce. They have to, you have to give the state a reason. Yeah. And th- oh. there's a lot of reasons, but one of them is irreparable differences. I, I think that's how you pronounce the first word, <laughs> you know, and that means you can't repair them. Right. There's just no way to, you know, they're fundamental differences. Now what they, some people would say, you know, political views, but my mom is very conservative and my dad is very liberal. Right. And they've been married a long time and they have a very happy marriage. Mm-hmm. So I guess it just depends on your threshold. But yeah. in general, we don't want to work anymore. Right. Our, our generation, for the most part, you know, I feel like we're smarter about, you know, uh, waiting for things. Cost-benefit analysis as far as money, we're right. great with it now. Yes. We, you know, we've really decided I'd rather do this than pay all that money for that. That's kind of right. instated. Yeah. And it's good. It's We're almost back to being like, you know, the... Oh, what is it? The greatest generation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, the greatest yeah. Where they're really frugal with money now. And, and, right. and if you don't like how I deal with my money, then move on. I'm not going about to blow all my money for you. Well, that was even one of the reasons why they said that our generation is waiting longer to get married. Right, so exactly. We, we f- uh, the, one of the biggest things was just that. We want to make sure we're financially able to be in a marriage really but a downside is we're still getting divorced yes we are we're still getting divorced so Mm -hmm. what that tells me is we're less likely to jump into something you know when it has to do with our finances we want to make sure that we're really just there right before we you know jump into something you know make sure we're ready for it but once we're there our threshold for when is the work too much Mm -hmm. is much lower we waited yeah. so long to get here. You have a higher expectation of how perfect you expect it to be. Well, and I, I think that's a big issue also. And I think social media plays a lot into that. I was actually listening to another podcast today where they were kind of talking about that a little bit in regards to we th- there, there's an issue right now. And I won't say so much with the millennial generation because we kind of came in like the social media stuff kind of came after our adolescence for the most part. You right. Know, at least the, the really the throes of it. Right. But Generation Z, the one preceding us right now, is having issues because there's a lot of there's a statistic, actually, that teenage girls suicide rate has gone up like 50, 60 percent just wow. within the last 10 years. And it's because of things like social media that's causing this anxiety and depression. And it's simple things that seem trivial to us. But as a teenager, you know, you, you see a bunch of your friends at a party on Facebook that you weren't invited to. Oh. Or there's a lot of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Internet harassment. There's cyberbullying. Cyberbullying. There you go. There's, Huge problem. Yeah. And I th- and relating that back to marriage, I think there's a big issue with, and, I, and I'm sure I fall privy to this also, where people go onto Facebook and the internet and any social media thing, 
and they'll see one of their friends who is in a marriage and see, gosh, they're so happy. She found the perfect guy. He found the perfect girl. He found the perfect guy, whatever it is. So then we hold off for that. I had a, I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine once who's married and got married rather young. And I was asking him once, like, do you feel that you settled uh, with your wife? And his interest, his answer was very interesting where he, it was kind of a yes and no answer where he, you know, he, I believe he loves his life, his wife dearly, but there comes a point in your life where it's okay. How long do I want to keep playing the dating game for? Right. You know, who do I want to do? His argument was you have a whole mass of people that you are compatible with. And some of them may cross your path and some of them may not. And some of them may be more compatible than others. Right. But at one point, you have to accept the fact that you're not going to find your perfect person. Even if there is a perfect person out there, the chances of you finding them are almost slim to none. So then the question is, well, if you if marriage is a goal of yours later in life, do you go out and seek it out or do you kind of wait for it to just fall into your lap? Okay, that I'm afraid to answer this. I'm going to answer this question, but I'm afraid to because I hate giving an answer that is cliche or something you've heard a million times. Remember, folks, we're young, dumb, and full of opinions. (laughs) (laughs) That we are. But I'm going to say this. I don't think that you ever have to settle as long as... As long as you truly love yourself and you're excited to spend the rest of your life with yourself, not by yourself, mm-hmm. but with yourself. So I personally chose not to be in any type of committed relationship pretty much my entire life. And I mentioned that earlier, just lifelong companionship wasn't necessarily a priority. Mm-hmm. I didn't run from it. It wasn't a priority. But with this particular person, I knew the minute I met him in real life, well, the hour, I'll say the hour I met him in real life, okay. that I wanted to be committed to this person. I just knew I did. Okay. And everything, almost everything was checked off the box. And I liked the things that weren't checked too, mm-hmm. just not until I met him. I'm not into body modification in general, mm-hmm. but I love his body modification. It's something crazy, just for the record. <laughs> you know, just I'm saying I really like them. Okay. I am very, very attracted to him. He makes me extremely happy. And I'm glad that I didn't go for someone just because they were there. Right. I'm glad he's my first committed relationship. So I guess the problem is also the issue of self-love because if you don't have the ability to enjoy being in a relationship with yourself, not by yourself, but with yourself, Uh then you're just going to want to settle. You're just going to want to hurry up and get in a relationship with someone else without being in a relationship with yourself. Well, but let's say though that you are very okay with yourself and you are okay with just as you were saying, right? Not by yourself, but with yourself. Mm-hmm. But let's say that something like marriage and having a wife and kids is a goal of theirs. But 
let's say that you know they're they're getting up there in age maybe around the average age of you know marriage for mm-hmm. millennials and that person hasn't shown up yet at the at what point then is it okay to go out there and kind of find somebody who you feel is you are compatible with and and could spend the rest of your life with maybe not in the same way that you met your boyfriend where within the hour you knew you wanted to be committed with them but if that's a goal that you have is it okay to settle and find somebody who you're compatible with well i waited 33 years Mm -hmm. and i would have waited a lot longer so no i don't think it's okay to settle okay i don't um I don't think it's wrong to settle, but I don't think you're doing yourself any justice, and I don't think that you're doing the other person justice either. Okay. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't think that um, someone else's opinion would be necessarily wrong. I think that's just kind of one of those fundamental differences. Gotcha. Because I would have waited 50 years, you know. Right. I never necessarily got lonely. And it's not like you can't, you know, in the biblical sense, know people. Right. Okay. <laughs> or have people that you love and, they are, and you think are fantastic. But just mm-hmm. to find that mutual, reciprocated, 100% involvement, uh-huh. I don't think you should settle. And I personally don't think that you should necessarily seek it. Gotcha. My situation is perfect, literally. So, like the way that, you know, me and this person found each other. So, it's hard to give somebody a really realistic. <laughs> and uh, that's why I hate answering that question. But it's important because you guys, those things really do happen. Yeah, they do. They really happen. They really, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen it with Ju- Justin's my Justin's the roommate. For those who don't know, we've talked about him a I'm lot. I'm the one that so. turned the backyard into a death trap. Yes, with the, with, yeah, with the garden. <laughs> that, that's that one. Which, by the way, he did a lot of work on it today. It looks it's beautiful, very nice. But uh, no, that's interesting though. So you said that within the hour, you were you were convinced that you wanted to be committed to this guy, right? Yes. Okay. So would you would you call yourself somebody who believes? in love at first sight. I, I know I know you didn't see him and you were like, yes, but you know what I mean. Just right. that kind of process. Knowing right away. Okay, so I do believe in love at first sight now. Um, I don't I think it's necessarily what you see. I think it's the way you feel when you communicate with somebody. Okay. So communication can be a look if that's the first communication you have. Right. My communication just happened to be, you know, a message, a Mm -hmm. text message. And the way I felt during the text message was the way I felt when I met him, and that's the way I feel now. So clearly it was love, and clearly it happened, you know, right when I texted him. Like I said, my situation's perfect, and I don't think that it necessarily works out this way for everybody. Right. No one thought... This would evolve to what it is. I mean, I'm sure you can attest. I certainly did not know. <laughs> yeah, it was just too ridiculously convenient and perfect. So who knows? Maybe the bigger they are, the harder they fall. But naturally, I can't see it falling right now. Right, I'm, of I'm, course. I'm, I'm doing great. So, geez, what was the question? What? Uh, I don't even remember. Oh, <laughs> do I believe in love at first sight? Oh, so, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, I do. I do believe in love at first sight. I don't necessarily think you have to fall in love at first sight to be in love. Uh-huh. 
But uh, I think it's one way for it to happen. Interesting. Well, it hasn't happened to me yet, but I'm very happy it happened to you. So, uh, you know what? I had a question and I forgot the question. Well, I kind of want to bring something up. Go I don't, for it. I don't think that you get a lot of perspective on this from people on my side of the fence. Uh-huh. But I think that we should have a little discussion about... Yeah, I'm just letting you know to watch The Wire. Oh. Sorry, okay. folks, it's his first time. We're just having yeah. little issues. I think we should have a little discussion about um, gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm, I'm always wanting to get my voice out there on this. Well, you, just... can, you can certainly speak on it better than I okay, can. Okay, <laughs> so on account of gay marriage being legal, um, I wish everyone thought everyone should love the way that they want. Uh-huh. They don't. Okay. Okay. But what you have to also understand is there are people who legitimately think that being gay is evil and that's so horrible and that's so sad, but it's real. Okay. Okay. And these people do tend to live in good, you know, large populations. You know, it's regional. Uh That's why naturally you'll have like uh, Northern California be a lot more liberal Southern, it's just where people congregate. Right. Southern California is a lot more conservative. Uh-huh. So I'm, for the most part, in the middle. And I, I did have a problem with uh, Barack Obama making sure that, you know, gay marriage was legal in all 50 states. Okay. And it wasn't because I don't want it to be legal. Of course I want it to be legal. But it was because for these people that really do believe that by their God, that is something absolutely terrible, mm-hmm. they should be allowed to vote to live their lives in their communities the way that they want to. Okay, so I'm glad you brought this up because I, cause I agree with you for the most part. I was actually having a converse, I actually had a conversation with Matthew about this once, and Matthew brought up an interesting point. Where and for, and for the most part, he agrees with you, too, just in the sense of, like, state by state should be the ones who decide. But the argument was, but because there has to be a separation between religion and state, right, mm-hmm. is that the base should be that gay marriage is legal everywhere, and then states can go back and vote whether or not they want uh, gay marriage to be legal in their state or not. So instead of the base being gay marriage is illegal in all 50 states, the base is gay marriage is legal and you can the states can vote to make it illegal again. Why does so that matter? Wish. I I think just I think it's more so just a principle aspect of it That's of a... you keeping a separation between religion and state. And if there is truly a separation and the big argument with gay marriage is a religious one, well, then it, it shouldn't even be something that's considered illegal at all because making it all legal would be a separation. Well, the thing is, though, it's also in our Constitution to be able to practice your own religion. Right. Religious freedom. And that's already in the Constitution. Right. So you should be able to vote based on your religious freedoms. And, I mean, really, you vote on a lot of things based on religious freedoms. Right. Well, I mean, and I guess that's true, but why not have the base be that gay marriage is legal and then have states be able to go back if they truly feel that strongly about the people truly feel that strongly about it? 
why not have them go back and be able to say, oh, well, I don't want. Okay, so are we talking about fixing a situation now or if we could rewind what it should have been? I mean, I guess a little bit about, I mean, it is what it is so now. So if we could rewind, but, then uh-huh. sure, absolutely. I mean, I don't think the government should be able to tell you what to do with your body right. or with your relationship at all. Right. I think... If I had to identify as a political party, I'd most definitely say libertarian. Uh-huh. And I just don't think that they should be allowed to tell you what to do with your body. Okay. Or with your, you know, or who, who you decide to be with or, or marry or whatever. So if you could rewind it, then sure. But as opposed to amending what's going on now, no, I find it to be, it's going to be a very divisive issue. Uh-huh. It's going to cost a lot of money. To actually go back and fix this on a principle? Right, right, right. Well, I mean, right now it doesn't matter because gay marriage is legal everywhere. Right. I mean, the argument I would make at all right now is if if is if there was a state that was trying to make it illegal again, and then the people were saying, nope, you can't do that. Well, that's wrong. You know, because just as you said, right. it should be a state-by-state issue. Oh, absolutely. You know, that's why to... I had an issue with the decision in, in the first place. Right, the first time. I, I, I understand that. I I also understand where Matthew's coming from, and I don't want to speak too much more for Matthew um, in regards to that. I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing, and I think that's what Obama's kind of purpose about it was, you know, not necessarily saying that states aren't allowed to, you know, be able to vote against that, but just saying that the base should be a separation, and then if states want to bring those two things together again and make it illegal based off of a religious front, well, then they have the right to do that. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I can see going about it that way is because now denying somebody a service because they're a homosexual and you do not believe that that is correct and you feel that you are going to possibly go to hell because your God will find that, you know, patronizing to the the lifestyle or whatever. It's ridiculous, but it's real. Mm -hmm. Um, Then... I mean, yeah, I would say go back and change it, only just just because then that's technically discrimination. It's no longer really religious freedom. Right. But it shouldn't technically be discrimination, in my opinion. You should be allowed to refuse service to anybody that you don't want to for any reason. So do you think a person is allowed to say that I don't want to serve black people in my restaurant? Yeah, really? I do. Okay. I think that here's the deal. I believe in the free market. Okay. okay? First off, if you don't, if you say I, I will not serve black people at my restaurant, uh-huh. okay, then what you're gonna do is no black people are gonna eat at your restaurant, okay, okay, and they're a pretty big, you know, minority, but still a big one in this country, and most people are gonna think that you're disgusting, right. and they're not gonna patronize your restaurant, true, almost nobody will, and then you will go out of business, and bad bad businesses should go out of business. Oh, so, oh, so you're, you're just saying let them crash on their own if they decide oh, yeah. to do that, but they would be allowed to do that technically. And right? I would hope they crash. I wouldn't go any place that wouldn't serve black people, but I don't think that the government should tell you that you have to. Mm, okay. You know, I, it's just another part of the free market. I mean, I've never sat down and, you know, 
it's against the law, so I don't think you should be able to do it. Okay. Right. But I've never sat down and thought if it wasn't against the law, because it always is against the law. Right. But um, I yeah, I believe in as free market as possible, as little government interference as possible, and as mm-hmm. we move forward, a business like that is not going to survive. Right. And, and I agree with you. That was kind of the. I mean, this is kind of an older issue being brought up that happened a few years ago. But that's how I felt with. Remember, there was that case with the guy that didn't want or the bakery that didn't want to bake a cake a wedding cake for like a gay wedding right because it was against the guys you know yeah you well, should be allowed and everybody, to say that yeah and everybody was saying like well nope he has to do it he has to do it it's like well why do you want somebody who doesn't believe in gay marriage to make your cake anyway and just as you said like you can if that's how his business is going to crash right, right. there are going to be people who decide straight or gay that oh well he doesn't he refuses service to these people which goes against my value so I'm no longer going to go to their establishment and have them do work for me. But also, if you're going to a place that doesn't want to make your cake and want them to make your cake, you're just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. You're just an asshole. Mm-hmm. So you should just go somewhere else. Yeah, you know I agree. With I feel you. like that's kind of being done out of principle, and your principle to me is really being lost, and it's going to make me think that you're pretty obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And that's from a human perspective. You know, fuck this whole, you know, gay brotherhood. I have to love you because you're gay or I have to appreciate your opinion or I have to be on your side just because you're gay. No, I'm looking at it from a human perspective. If somebody, if I'm running a bakery Uh and a skinhead wants me to bake a cake and it's for his, you know, gay killing ceremony, not that that's real, but I'm just saying... I should be allowed to tell him no way. Right. Of course. Absolutely. And, and I would. And I think that everybody should have the right. It's your business. You pay taxes on your, your earnings. You're paying for your employees to be insured and, you know, get unemployment in case anything happens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you should be able to do what you want. Oh, fair enough. Fair assessment. Uh, before we get too off the topic of marriage, sorry, tangent there a little bit. I wanted to ask you. So... Do gay people, men and women alike, as somebody who's been, you know, uh, within the gay community, do you guys view marriage any differently than straight people do? Hard to speak for all gay people, but I will say this. Maybe it's a little different, but not different, not as different as any straight person would think, okay? Because if we thought of it as different, the term civil union wouldn't have been a consolation prize. Okay. We would have been perfectly happy with that. But we do, as a community, maybe not necessarily me, but as a community, we do want the same exact kind of marriage that you get to have. Right. So it's very important to the community, and it's really important that it is the exact same kind of marriage. So that's the most that I can say about the gay community for me, I don't care what it's called as long as you are treated the same. The right. word to me means little to nothing, but I have to go ahead and understand where these people are coming from because there are other things in you know, my life where the word is different because I'm male or because I, you know, I don't know. I don't, but just whatever makes me different, the word is different for me and I don't necessarily like it. Right. Well, and I'm, and I'm kind of the same way. I, I, 
Marriage just, it's always been, in my, in my view, I will be honest, my views on marriage has changed a little bit over just like the past year and a half, maybe couple years. Because I used to be somebody who's been, who is really cynical about the idea of marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Because through my experiences, and I think this is, this attributes to actually why our generation waits longer to get married, I happen to, I, you know, I grew up with uh, seeing a lot of marriages of, of people who were together still, not even divorced, but just friends, parents who were married or whatnot and like just constantly complaining or talking about the parents fighting all the time. Even as getting older and I started to have my own friends who started to get married and things and people that I knew getting married or even just, even just something as simple as acquaintances and coworkers and it just seems like the thing you constantly hear the most is complaints about the person that they're with about this. My, my wife did this the other day, or my wife always does this, or my husband was doing this thing. He does this all the time and I hate it. And when through the process of hearing this over and over and over and over again, you just constantly sit there and go, well, why on earth would the, why, why on earth would I want to get fucking married? It sounds horrible. You guys just talk about all I hear is about how much you fight. When I'm with you guys, all I hear is bickering. I just hear complaining about the other person. Very, very rarely have I heard from people who were married, who were talking to me just one-on-one, tell me, my wife is just so great, man. I'm so lucky to have her. I love having her in my life and vice versa with women. I have rarely heard that. But what I have heard is, dude, my wife today, she just kept going on and on and on about this. Or my husband today was doing this. So, however, now I've kind of gotten to a point to where I've seen some kind of marriages and even my parents' marriage being one of them because my parents are still together. But I also watched my parents go through a lot of shit. So there's almost been this kind of respect that has now been gained for the married couples who did work through it all the years and are married 30, 35, you know, plus years. And there's kind of now a sense of respect there of like, well, you guys, yeah, I mean, we've all seen it with older people, right? Yeah, they, absolutely. They, they have that bickering thing, but you could tell they're just familiar and used to each other now and this is just the way that they are. So there's kind of a respect there. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to go through 30 years of bullshit to finally get to a point to where I'm going to be, you know, cordial with you. Well, there's a lot to be said there. I think first off, um, we have a lot of different kinds of issues nowadays than the people before us have had, other generations. True. So when we get married, it's super important to know if you are just compatible right are you compatible you know we all have baggage now that's like the cool thing right we all have anxiety but we all have baggage we all have we all have these you know these issues so it's really important that you know that your issues go with somebody else's because if you jump into something naturally you're just going to have issues but i think that's an assumption though because i don't think anybody really well I won't say anybody. Some people jump into marriage. But I think for the most part, 
people people when they marry somebody that they're with they just you know it's because they decide that they are compatible they they believe they can spend the rest of their life with this person Mm -hmm. but then that's that's where the gray area and the question comes in if you're i mean let's say you're with somebody for five six years right that's a long time to be in a relationship with somebody already but let's say you're that six years you're not married right so the sixth year, you decide, let's get married. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. So now we're going five, another five, six years down the line as a married couple. And now this, the issues start to happen, right? Now there's arguments. Now there's a lot of bickering. Now there's a little, I mean, we already know that we all change, you know, through our life. Yes. So now we're looking at maybe, you know, both of them changed a little bit to opposite. But it goes kind of back to the question. So now do you make it work? Or do you continue going with it? So, or I mean, or do you break it off? So, I mean, to, to say that you have to make sure that you're compatible with somebody, I don't think that's what's causing these rough marriages. Because mm-hmm. I think people go into marriage believing they are compatible with the person. Well, if it's a healthy marriage, it's going to last. If right. it's not a healthy marriage, it's not going to last. So, obviously, when you meet, you have to be compatible. But, but, but can you call bickering or arguing for 20 years and then getting used to each other and not doing that for the remainder of your marriage? Like, can you call that healthy? You can call it healthy if it's itching some scratch that you have. Mm, I guess. You, I mean, I guess it's just how you know that, though. Well... Because you're still there. Right. Yeah. but That's how you but, know that. But don't you think that some people stick with these marriages simply just out of fear of being alone? Oh, absolutely. And I that's mean, an unhealthy marriage. You know, and all unhealthy marriages should end. But I feel like we have a lot healthier marriages than we realize. We, we're, we're quicker to write off something as an unhealthy marriage. Yeah. But yeah, just a fear of being alone, that's a horrible reason to be with somebody. Right. That's an unhealthy marriage. Right. But I, f- I just feel like, and, and again, just as you said, it's, it's kind of just, you know, it's easy to write off any bickering couple, you know, as a bad marriage. But at the same time, it's like... I don't know, can you can you blame somebody for not, you know, at the age of, you know, 52 not wanting to, you know, divorce their significant other because they're just not going to be able to get back on the horse again? When someone says, why are you with him, uh-huh. even though something's really difficult or with her, it's always because I love her, because I love him. If ever you don't love the person anymore, uh-huh. you shouldn't be with them. You just shouldn't be with them. But if you love somebody, but it's not going to work because we can't get past this, right? You know, then you should work it out. But don't you think the response of because I love them is a cop-out to not really wanting to face the issue at hand? Because I think that's what a lot of people... I think people say that just because, as you said, because people like you take it just that. Well, if you love them, it's okay. Well, well it depends the, on what you're talking about, what's okay. Um if they do something that just absolutely bugs you to no end and they have no control over it, but you love them, right. you're going to learn to work through it. If they hit you, uh-huh. why are you still with them? Because I love them. That's not necessarily going to fly. So it depends on what it is that's happening. You know, If two people bicker a lot and right. they're still together and why are you with them? Because I love them. Somehow they enjoy the bickering and they found someone who's, problems match with their problems and it just Mm. works you know i mean not to get off topic but it's kind of on topic if you have a young girl 
you know, who has daddy issues. At some point, she ends up with the man who's significantly older than her, and she's very happy with him. And generally, he's very happy with her, too. So it's an he's itching a scratch, you know, that she has. Right. And it just works. Do you want to call that particularly healthy? Maybe not immediately, but both parties are happy. Uh So they love each other. Right. You know, he's so much older. He's going to die way before you are. Why are you with him? Because I love him. You know, so it just depends on what it they're justifying, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I I think I still think saying that using the excuses I I love them is still kind of a cop out, and maybe I'm using the wrong word, as in like maybe bickering isn't the right word to use. In regards to like just people, but like just people, fighting, yeah. You mean fight, fighting? I mean fighting, arguing. I mean the reason why I use the term bickering is because I think a lot of, at least from my experiences, uh, just witnessing other people's marriages, of I always feel like bickering is just a way to argue around people, right? Mm-hmm. It's a way to it's a way to fight each other without create with while trying to create this illusion that you're not fighting. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I feel like we've seen yeah. a lot of people do that. And re- regard I mean don't get me wrong, if somebody hits you, yeah, that's that's a very extreme situation and to a third party saying, "Well, because I love them" isn't exactly going to cut it. But at that point, we're now you're saying that it's up to a third party's perception of your relationship to decide whether or not it's healthy or not. To where as long as you don't see any abuse in regards to physical or, you know, some of the extreme verbal cases, mm-hmm. well, then using the word, the term I love, well, because I love them is very, is okay, right? That's a very valid reason to stay with them. So it, Well, it is depending on the, on the issue. So verbal abuse is still abuse. That's, that's, a, so if someone hears you say like, you know. <clears throat> them telling you that you're not worth, you know, you know, even feeding you or whatever, whatever it would take to consider verbal abuse. That's not justifiable with, but I love him but, or her. Right. But you could argue that same thing with fighting all the time, regardless whether there's extreme verbal, there's a lack of extreme verbal abuse. Well, what's the fight or... about, you know? So, I mean, let's go down that, that alley real quick. What's the fight about? Money? What well, do they fight all the time about? Because you have to fight about something. Well, I'm not. I'm not giving a specific thing about what the fight is about. I'm talking about the frequency of the fighting. Right. So if the fight, if they fight every day uh-huh. about money because someone has a spending problem or they don't agree on how they do that or whatever. Right. It's okay to stay with somebody when you're fighting over money because you love them. You should fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. If the problem is impossible to fix. Right. You know. That, that, that's the other issue. You shouldn't stay with them because you don't love them. There's a an irreparable difference. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Because I love him works if you can fix the problem, I guess is what I mean to say. So let me, so let me give you this scenario because you had mentioned this earlier in regards to your own relationship that as long as somebody, as long as the person that you are with is striving to take those issues that they're having and mm-hmm. be better, right? right? Then it's okay to stay with them, right? right. So... What would you say if there was this relationship between a man and a woman and the woman was being abused by this man, let's say physically, right? Mm -hmm. But let's say that 
it, you, the physical abuse used to be super bad. Oh my goodness. But okay. now this guy, he, he's getting better. He has his moments where he still gets a little abusive mm-hmm. and he'll put his hands on her, but maybe they're becoming less frequent. Maybe no. they're becoming less doesn't violent. work the same because a uh, physical abuse is, is a hundred percent. No way. What about extreme verbal abuse? I think that's a hundred percent. No way. Okay. You know, I, even if they're getting better, even, even if they're actively well, working first and off, better? not everyone is necessarily turned on by forward movement as I am. That okay. may not be as important to other people. Right. And then if so, that means that you're asking me about my situation. So well, I'm, if, I'm just asking your opinion about that just in oh, general. No, I mean, absolutely we, not. And we don't even we let, let's take the the physical and verbal abuse out of it. Let's okay. let's say they're a drug addict or addicted to gambling or some kind of addict in some way, shape, or form. So much so to where it's it's gone to the point where it could be ruining lives or ruining marriages. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so let's say at one point it was really, really, really bad, and there's still bouts of it, but they are actively trying to get better. They're actively, but it's still an issue. Oh, yeah. Then I think that you can work through that, and I think that because I love him, and that's why I stick with him through these problems Uh is a good reason. Um, Also, I mean, were they a drug addict when you met them? Right. Okay? So, yes, and they're getting better. If you married someone who wasn't a drug addict and then he became one, well, that's I mean, a step backwards. It's yeah. a huge step backwards. And for me personally, that would probably turn me way, way off. Right. <laughs> and then I would no longer love them and I wouldn't use that excuse. Right. So I hope that answers your question because that was easy for me. If it's physical abuse or any type of abuse at all, it's completely over. Mm-hmm. I think you're ridiculous for staying. Right. Okay. Regardless if you love them or not. Mm-hmm. And as far as forward movement. Uh huh. It is what it is, you know. It, if you're moving forward, I loved you as a drug addict. I want you to get better. I see the light at the end of the tunnel, uh-huh. and I'm attracted to the fact that you're taking these big steps forward. I mean, they'd have to be really, really incredible with, you know, the rest of their life if I'm going to stick with them through that. Right. Because at some yeah. point for me, it the work would not much. be worth it. Cost yeah. benefit, like we were talking about earlier. Right, exactly. Okay. I can get that. I just wanted to pick your brain about that particular part. I'm very black and white. <laughs> it's really hard for me to put something on an emotional scale. Because uh-huh. to me, I'm always going to be going on the right path as long as I'm thinking about things in black and white. Gotcha. That's the rule. You know, I'm, I'm okay with the rules changing at some point, but I will always have a rule to live by. Right. Because then it makes my decisions, my decisions easier. All right. Fair enough. Well, we are actually at our time for My gosh, that flew. I know. We trust me, Matthew and I figured the same thing out when you're podcasting, hours just fly by. <laughs> well, it was nice to get to know you guys. I hope you don't mind hearing my voice for an hour. Yeah, it was it was great having you. It was great breaking up the monotony. I think people will really enjoy listening to this particular podcast. Just so y'all know out there, this is kind of what we do, but except without a microphone. So this is great. If people it's, enjoy this, we should invite them over. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right we'll have you all on as guests all right guys thank you so much for listening to today's podcast i hope you learned a little something uh just remember you can follow us on all the social media platforms and remember we do still have a gofundme going www.gofundme.com forward slash hardly millennial remember anything that any money you put in the jar does not go back to 
me, Matthew, or Justin. It all goes back into Hardly Millennial. And Justin, thank you so much for joining me today in Matthew's oh, place. It was a pleasure. And you guys, if you want to know what I look like, I'm in, I think I'm in all of the videos that actually have video footage. Yes, we just released a vlog today. Uh, just You will see Justin's face in there. So if you're curious about how beautiful this man really is, go check out the vlog. Ah, shucks. <laughs> all right, good night, you guys. Good night, guys. Thank you so much.